I'm just always trying to get that little bit better. And that habit of growth and that growth mindset, I think, has really helped me kind of get to where I am today because it's like we all start at different spaces, right? And and so from where we are, it's really cool to look at like how much further can we go. And I'm always trying to have conversations like at our retreat with so many of the other amazing leaders in our organization. You know, what are you doing differently? And and how can I, you know, take some of your habits and apply them mm-hmm. to my life and right. and really just being super growth oriented is probably like the number one habit that I have that you know, I just encourage people to take on for themselves. It's like being happy, but never satisfied, right? Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Really excited about bringing on uh, one of our district managers today. His name is John Cameron. Uh, John is uh, three years operating out of the University of Guelph, and uh, he's just about to start his third year as a district manager. He's a million-dollar DM, and this year, we really expect his business to just blow up in a big way, bringing back this entire, this incredible group of, of veterans. And uh, uh, John is very, very uh, strategic, growth-oriented, young entrepreneur. We really dig into a lot of best practices for young leaders about how to grow and develop themselves, you know, into the future person they want to be, you know, and to really attack and develop powerfully. So um, I know you're going to love the pod and you know what we're up to. We basically have just finished our best year ever. We've grown by over 30%. I think we, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say right now, um, July 31st, where we will end up. I think we could actually grow by closer to 40% this year, our best year ever and incredible return rates, uh, incredible numbers of referrals. And we would love your support. If you know any amazing young leaders that we can have and develop in our program, it's kind of a fun day. Who knows? Maybe it's the the days of summer. I've had you know three alumni reach out to me uh, today. I you know I think probably people a little bit more connected, less work, more golf, more hanging out, and uh, you know through LinkedIn and a phone call with somebody who's just been done incredibly well in the finance world, and you know. The program is working and right now working better than ever. So if you know someone, please send them my way. You could write me an email at chris at leaderspodcast.ca. You could send someone to the leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. You could send them the link to this podcast. And of course, you could send them to studentworks.com. Thanks so much. Really appreciate you tuning in. And I hope you are enjoying all that we're creating here on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Have a fantastic day. Bye-bye. So, John, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. Excited to be here. You betcha. No, no, it's really awesome. So what I'd like you to do is think back to before, you know, we met John on the University of Guelph campus, you know, what were you like before the program and any frustrations that you had as a, as a, as a student before the Student Works Management Program? 
Yeah. So for, for me, like I was always somebody that was really interested in entrepreneurship. Uh, my dad's an entrepreneur. And when I was in grade 11, I had started up like this small landscaping business. So nothing crazy ended up having like three clients, one of which being my dad. And basically what I was doing over that time was I would go and I'd knock on these doors and I tried to start this business, but I was really limited, honestly, in like what I believed was possible for myself. And so I just limited it to those three people. I didn't continue searching. And, you know, really for me, like, I think the big thing is before this program, I just lacked the confidence to like really go after the things that I wanted in my life. And so when I found the opportunity, obviously I was really excited by it because I got to be mentored throughout the whole process. It was kind of the idea that, you know, somebody who's that few steps ahead of me is able to guide me through and motivate me and show me the things that I needed to be able to ultimately achieve the things that I wanted for my life. Well, I love that, John. It's, it's actually interesting. Just, you know, one of the biggest things about being successful is actually knowing what success could look like, right? That's yeah. a huge th- thing that a lot of people don't really understand is no, it's actually possible. Our, you know, top operator ever did a half million dollars with the business while in full-time school. That's ridiculous. And it's possible, you know, and it always, those types of unbelievable results have been successful since we started our business back in 1981. And, and, uh, so that's really great. Um, so, you know, after your first year's experience, John, you know, I know it's again, a little difficult because, you know, a few, a number of years ago, but how did you see things differently? Yeah, really, really great question. So for me, the things that I saw differently was actually just what I saw being possible for myself. Like I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and a successful one at that. But to have actually ran a successful business, meanwhile, being in full-time school, it gave me the confidence where, you know, I just felt like I could go out and do anything afterwards. Like that was really the big thing that I had taken away and really got to fulfill on all the things that I wanted to earlier on in my life. So yeah, like the biggest piece, like I, I was just seeing differently was my confidence and not just my confidence in business. Obviously that happened, but confidence in my schooling, like my grades got better, you know, confidence in my relationships, they got better. So just overall, like the level of confidence that I now walk through my day-to-day life with is just massively increased just because of the success that I was able to see throughout my first year running the business. Okay, fantastic. So I know you you went and operated for three years, um, you know, as an operator. What made you start to think that you wanted to, you know, be a coach and a district manager and start coaching young entrepreneurs? Yeah. So it's actually kind of the perfect formula, honestly, for me, Chris, because when I was younger, I was really interested in psychology. Like I really loved just how the brain works and why people do what they do. And I really loved helping people through their problems throughout my entire life. Like that was something I always loved. And then the other side of that is I also always really loved business. Mm -hmm. And so in my first year running my business, I had this amazing mentor, Sam Simons, obviously, you know, quite well. And he had just made such a profound impact on me and and really had me seeing myself differently and seeing what was possible for myself in a whole new way. And so when I got that experience, I remember being in Mexico with him and, you know, almost crying, actually, basically because of how much of an impact he had made on my life. And it was in those kind of moments where he was like really there for me in my business and my personal life where I was just going, I really want to be able to do that for other people. Like, the reason why I do what I do is because of what he did for me and Pat and you and all the other right. amazing mentors I've had throughout my years. And really, I just want people to call me five years from now and go, John, you changed my life. Right. So I go through my entire day just thinking like, how can I have that happen? How can I have them 
you know, feel like I made such a big impact that they call me five, 10 years down the line and thank me for that. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like being a coach and a mentor, especially in relation to business. It's really cool because it's kind of the combination of everything that I wanted for my life as I was growing up. And I, I didn't even know that this kind of a role existed as I was going through life. Otherwise, I probably just would have tried to continue going in this direction a lot sooner. Right. But uh, yeah, no, like it, it, it's really about the impact that I'm able to go and have and have people seeing themselves totally differently. And yeah, that, that's really the big thing for me is just the amount of impact that I'm able to have in my role is just obviously amazing. Yeah, no. And it's interesting, you know, for the people who choose to sort of go after the role of uh, our district managers is, you know, and I think a lot of times it's those people who've been impacted most. But I think there's also something to be said for some people, you know, really love the idea of being a leader or a manager. Maybe they have already an idea of what they want to do outside the business, you know, uh, that draws them. And then other people who are just, you know, I think, frothily excited. That, that's really yeah. what our district manager team is, you know, frothily <laughs> excited about impacting their teams, you know, like yeah. just, just like, oh yeah, you know, and they're just all over it. And obviously because we have so many amazing operators in our team, we're, we're really able to attract those people who in many ways, again, it's not necessarily they're the best operators, although they are, you know, mm-hmm. obviously amongst the best operators, but there certainly are the most frothily excited for sure. Yeah. So what do you think, you know, after, I know this is now your, you know, third year as an operator, second year as a, as a district manager, and this year you're going to do over a million dollars, you know, in being here for five years now, John, what are top performers doing differently? Yeah. So I, I think like the, the people that really come in and launch their business with a great sense of humility, oftentimes are the people that ultimately end up doing the best. I think the people that come in and they feel like they already know everything, uh, it ends up kind of having them get quite demotivated and, and end up not being very coachable. And then on the flip side, the people that come into the program with enough confidence to know that, yeah, obviously, like I can do this, I know I'll be able to figure it out. But, you know, they have an understanding, they have no clue what they don't know that they don't know. And so they kind of go through the entire experience asking as many questions as they possibly could. And I think it's important to distinguish and acknowledge like how they're asking for help or for the coaching. It's not just some superficial confirmation of what they already thought that they should do. It's truly listening for like what's missing in it mm. and really acting on it immediately. So when I came into the program, like I really felt as if I knew nothing and I had this amazing opportunity to be mentored by someone who did exactly what I wanted to go and do. Right. And so I wanted to take everything I possibly could away from the experience. So I was probably asking more questions than anybody else on the team. And I was trying to act on it immediately because obviously they, they knew something that I didn't. So I think really like one of the most important things that sets the top performers apart is the humility to be extremely coachable and act on that coaching right away. And then the other side of it too, that all my top performers have in common that really makes the difference for them, I think is just the piece of integrity, right? Doing what they say that they're going to do when they say that they're going to do it. Like we're all our best salesperson, right? We know Mm. exactly what to say to ourselves in order to get us to not do that thing or to do that thing. And so we need to be selling ourselves on the right pieces. You know, it can wait till tomorrow. I'm so tired. It it won't be a big deal. And I think that the people that make the conscious decision to step out of all the reasons not to do something and to just go get done what needs done, those are really the people that I see performing the best or just the most coachable, the most willing. And really, like, they're just going to do what they said they're going to do. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and, and the big thing is what needs doing, no, what they said they were going to do, what yeah. they and yes. their coach agreed at the beginning of the week or midweek or whenever, yes, I'm going to do this, rather than being about reasons to not do what they wanted. And ultimately, like when we're in our, our meetings and I'm giving the coaching to the team, like it's their goals. It's not my goals. I'm asking them, what do you want to do? Right. Yeah. So you're exactly right. It's like just holding them super accountable to what they said that they were going to do. The best people, like they don't really need to be held to account. They're just accountable. Right. Yeah. And as well as, you know, you look at your team, you'll see enormous disparity between weekly goals, you know, between the absolute top performers and the people who are still, you know, learning and further behind. There's a big, big gap. So again, everybody's setting their goals. Everyone's, you know, setting a different target and thus they, they've got to hold themselves or they don't have to. And their life's not going to work nearly as well if they don't. And the other thing as well, I know one thing that's always surprising for new coaches, new district managers as they come into the program is this, oh, wow, this person seems like they have all the skills. They have all the apparent willingness. They have all the apparent traits. And then like, wow, like, you know, and again, so many of those people, by the way, are Mexico performers and definitely do. But every year there's people who like, you know, they don't. Mm -hmm. And again, you're, I think you're really right to pick out coachability, you know, and then integrity, you know, are they doing the plan on a consistent basis? And sometimes people can trick themselves. They think, wow, I'm a better communicator than that person. You know, and they, they, right. Cause we're really good, right. You know, from grade school and kindergarten, we can identify who's the fastest runner and who's better at writing and who's a better colorer. Right. And I was always bad at the writing and coloring. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) not really so, not really so fast either, but, but anyhow, but everyone can identify where they stand and and pretty accurately, right. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, pretty close. So, so sometimes people trick themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So what surprised you, you know, the last couple of years, what surprised you about being a coach and a mentor? Yeah. So like, obviously the tactics matter, but in my coaching, I just see how much more time I spend on coaching the mindset and the habits in comparison to what do I say when a client says this or an employee does that. It's the whole idea that like people don't have business problems. People have people problems that translate into their business. You know, if they're not authentic in the relationships, they're probably going to have a tough time having, you know, really tough conversations with their clients or with their employees. If they have a habit of procrastination in their schooling, it's going to show up in their health. It's going to show up in their business. And so I guess like, you know, the the big thing is just seeing the impact of being a whole life coach for these these young entrepreneurs and, and showing them that the habits that they have outside of the business are exactly the reason why their business is the way that it is. And then the other thing that really surprised me was just how many different personalities that there are and how I need to learn to adapt as a leader to cater my approach to that person's need. I'm not an overly structured person. I like Mm -hmm. kind of taking a little bit of structure and then just running with it, seeing what happens, going on the fly. But that isn't what some of the people on my team need. So I guess just getting a better understanding of what makes individuals perform and how that approach needs to vary on a person to person basis is definitely the other piece that really surprised me. Yeah, no. And where it's hardest for us, uh, you know, and, you know, I'm sure my leaders listening to my program know (laughs) that I'm not that structured either. So it's John and I, oh, great. We can go the way we go and it all works great. and then, you know, 
it's more difficult for us to be work with someone in a structured, more structured environment. And it's the coach who needs to adjust. Yeah. Right? It's the coach that needs to adjust. And so taking that upon ourselves and again, asking the question, asking for feedback, what's working best, et cetera, et cetera. So that we're again, in the end, delivering the goods. But also just to share, I love what you had to say, John, about just personal problems showing up as business problems. And Mm -hmm. it's something that people do not want to really recognize. And and one of my great friends, I have a a number of great friends in this space, so no one knows who it is. But anyhow, (laughs) I remember he's a really, really high-end, very, very successful executive coach. Eventually, I think I'm going to get him on the pod, but it's all masked. It's all masked. It's like people come for the strategy coaching. And in the end, this is the coaching that really is at its risk. Now, of course, by the way, if you don't have a good business strategy, that's not going to work. But on the other hand, if you're lying to your team, that's not going to work even more <laughs> than yeah, the not no, a good strategy. <laughs> well, yeah, and you, and you need to be coaching the tactics, obviously, right? But mm-hmm. it's so funny how it'll start out as like a very surface level problem, right? They'll mm-hmm. come to me with something that, you know, on the surface has everything to do with the business. And then as we continue to dig in on it, we find out it's actually something that's been affecting them for a number of years. It's just showing up in this particular way. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of drawing back to the whole life kind of coaching experience because yeah, it's like, it's, it's so true. And it's, it's way easier to kind of just put on a mask sometimes and just pretend like the problems that exist in our lives don't exist in our business, but it's just not true. They show up and they show up in a really, really big way. It just yeah. amplifies it inside your business. So Yeah. So for all our leaders, you know, just ask yourself when something happens, where else is this happening in my life? If you were being coached by any of our district managers, you'd hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but it's also something, it's not just, okay, here, let's, you know, and by the way, yes, at group events, sometimes it just shows up over beer or wine or whatever, you know, <laughs> so in a funny way, but, but it really is great just to ask, oh yeah, where else is this going on? Right now, uh, you know, John, my legs hurt like heck. And they do because I chose the pain of discipline over the pain of regret. And I did a really hard leg workout literally two days ago. So that's not <laughs> a good sign. But, but it's been a while since I really did a tough leg workout with my coach um, because the gyms have been closed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those first order consequences are I made a good choice. So the first order consequences hurt me. The second order consequences also hurt me, but <laughs> the third order consequences, eventually my core will be stronger. My body will work better for longer and I will be better and healthier. And that's a pattern that's in my life. And it is because I chose it because I see it because I, I, I want that in my life, you know, making those higher and better first order consequences, you know, it's, and just so everyone's aware, some bad first order consequences are choosing the chocolate or yeah. the wine, the alcohol, the, the bad fixes to, to actually manage our state rather than a workout, breathing deeply, all the different things, or, or you know, just coping with our, with our thoughts effectively. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's just really cool to see the power of habits. And it's like either your habits are working for you or they're working against you. So mm-hmm. most of my time in my coaching is not spent on what do you say when a client says this, but it's actually how do we form better habits for yourself and give you like the structures and the systems that you need to go and achieve that goal. 
Yeah. And then the other thing is, as well as for people who, who have seen the program and wow, how would that work? Why, you know, why wouldn't someone just get the habits? Well, because there's so many habits that make all the difference that take a long, long time to actually get and really, really make, you know, so it just, just occurs for somebody all the time. And, and so for me, you know, I've been habitually committed to habits that structure and commit to my life. So it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to show up on time. I'm going to do this. Okay. I got that part of it. So what's the next part of it? What else is slowing me down? So, and that's what John's doing over the course again of eight months, or now he's got second year operators. That's, you know, 20 months. And now he's got third year operators. That's 28 months. Right. And (laughs) so it just keeps rolling. And, and again, all of us continue. That is a really, really wonderful focus for all of us. Absolutely. So, you know, how is becoming, you know, sort of a second year district manager helped develop you into a better leader? Yeah. So I, I think like the biggest piece when it comes to that, it's the added level of accountability, right? Like when you're running your own business and you're leading just, you know, your painters or your window cleaners or whatever your business is, it's like you're responsible to that amount of people. In my case, it was oftentimes like four painters, right? And, and mm. what it took for me to lead that group versus what it takes for me to lead the 14 amazing people that I work with this year, it's an entirely different level. So it's really helped me develop myself into a much better leader because, you know, if I'm going to suggest to my team that, Hey, you should have a weekly schedule. I better be planning two, three weeks in advance. Right. And so, uh, yeah, it's definitely helped me really step up. And I think it can be created even if you're not in the role of a district manager, it's just like finding people and committing to their success. Like, you know, my entire thing is I want them to call me in five years. So I'm always centered in how can I help that person get that? And I'm so focused on having them get it that ultimately it does end up returning back to me as well. Yeah. And I love that, John, identifying, okay, if if I'm expecting my team and, and this works in any area, if I'm expecting, you know, I know the people who I live with at home to clean up the kitchen after they're done with things or tidy up around the home. Well, then who's first needs to be doing that? That would be me, John. So, exactly. you know, again, it's the old, oh, do what they say, you know, not what they do. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, you know, I've got to be doing that. And then all of a sudden it falls in. Okay. They're doing that. They're accountable. It's hard it's way easier to follow a leader like that, right? Mm-hmm. When, when you can just see it. And then you can see that their world's working too, right? Yeah. When they're, okay, they're, they're, they're really organized. They're really on top of their stuff, right? Yeah, and then I think the other way that it helped me develop into a better leader is really just, you know, having to got, kind of go back to coaching 14 different personalities. Like, you know, I was coached in a certain way because that's what I needed. And so again, it just made me into a much better leader because my reach got so much wider where now I'm dealing with not just how I got coached, but also, okay, taking what I've learned from the ways that I've been coached and looking at ways that I can go and coach somebody that is the complete opposite from me. Mm -hmm. Right. So that, that's the other big thing. Again, going back to just having the scale of the 14 people it really just does do amazing things because you're having to deal with so many more challenges and different ways to approach those exact same challenges from one person to the next. Yeah. Yeah. No. And actually one thing as we're talking about this, that reminds me, John, and again, uh, one of the really good habits and you've already mentioned it in the, in the pod is fact finding and asking. And I remember at the, at the district manager retreat, you were busy asking people. So 
what will it take me to get to the next level? Okay, I'm at this level. I'm really performing really well. How do I get to that level? And I know for me in my career, I've spent a lot of time doing that. You know, how, what's the next level? How can I, let's go talk to people. And a lot of times people use comparison badly. They look at somebody and they go, oh, wow, they're just so much more successful or so much, I don't know, skinny or heavier, mm -hmm. fitter or whatever it is. And oh, woe is me. No, no, no. This is wonderful. They're better in this area. So how can I, you know, R&D, rip off and duplicate what they're doing? <laughs> and on the other hand, it, you know, we can't do exactly what they're doing because it's John Cameron. If John Cameron was being Sam Simons, it would not work. <laughs> yeah. It's the same, so, yeah. And that was actually one of the pieces of advice, like, because I'm, I'm always reaching out to all the resources that I have and asking, how can I get better? What advice do you have? And I, I really try to use the network that I have. And that was one of the things that he had said. It's like, you're going to be a district manager and you're going to be completely different than how I was, because yeah. otherwise you're going to be inauthentic to who you are as, yeah. a, as a coach there. Exactly. So, um, how do you think this experience will be helpful to your career and your life? Yeah. So I think it's going to be obviously massively helpful. Mm -hmm. And in part, it's kind of in the idea that compound interest, right? So like it's the same thing with investing. Like if you start investing when you're 20 versus when you're 30, it pays off way more when you turn 65. And so yeah. the way that I think it's really going to help me is I just couldn't imagine another experience where I would have had the ability to have so much autonomy and the ability to just go after it the way that I have here at Student Works because you know I, I went from running you know a hundred thousand dollar business to now over a million dollars and it's like yeah. that experience doesn't really exist in a lot of other places and so by having this experience by dealing with all the challenges that I've had to deal with you know these past five years I think it's just a compounding effect right so you know, when I go to start that next business, just having the confidence to know that, you know, we can go from literally $0 in sales, like what we were at in January yeah. to over a million dollars in a year with a group of people with, you know, other than the five veterans that I had that literally had zero experience. So just having the confidence to know that, you know, I can go and develop those sorts of people, whether it's in my own organization or in another organization someday down the line. Oh, that's great. That's great. Hey leaders, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. What would you tell um, someone who, who was thinking of jumping into entrepreneurship? So the person that you are right now, 
likely is not the person that you'll need to become in order to run a massively successful business. Right. So that could scare some people. And I think in a sense, that's <laughs> probably a good thing. But I guess just that understanding that you're going to need to evolve and become the person who is capable of achieving those things that you want kind of helps you set the framework to have the humility uh, needed to really search out the answers you're looking for through books, podcasts, mentors, etc. Like, you know, that's really what I've tried to do over my time is just reaching out to as many mentors and resources as I possibly could. You know, if you remain the same, if you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. So, you know, kind of just going through the entire process, starting out, understanding that like where you are right now is okay. And there's so much room to go and grow to. And I think that having that understanding that you don't know even close to all the things that you could it just kind of helps you go through and not judge yourself too much along the way and just kind of be happy with the overall process. So I guess like my advice to anyone looking to start down this path is to not get caught up in who you are today, but instead focus on kind of who you can become. There's a saying that a lot of people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. And this is a long life. So when you're starting out, find a mentor, read some books, stay insanely committed to your future. Because that relationship between the time that you invest and the results that you get, it's not a linear function. It's exponential. And that's definitely what I've seen over my time running my business is just the exponential return that I've gotten over the years of just continuously trying to get that 1% better. Right. So that, that would be my big piece of advice is just enjoy the process of entrepreneurship, of getting better, learning, be super growth oriented, and uh, hopefully find some mentors that'll help you get there a little sooner. Yeah. And, and, and certainly I think there's something too as well, like with entrepreneurship, it is a different type of person. It's certainly not something someone's born into or, or they need to be a certain way in any way whatsoever, but definitely they need to really want more, right? Mm -hmm. Like, cause it, it's not a nine to five. It's something that again, you know, people are They've got big engines. They want to keep doing it. They want to keep learning and growing because, you know, the one thing as well as, is, is a, you know, really blindfolded entrepreneur. Life's pretty painful because being an entrepreneur, it can be very painful. You know, I've invested money and energy and I fail. And then I keep doing that. That's not very much fun. So if, yeah. if I'm not going to learn those lessons, if I'm not going to get coached, you know, you're safer in the time and effort economy for sure. Right. But one of the big things that, you know, certainly has banged a lot of people on the head this year is, is this whole COVID, the whole coronavirus. And, and so, you know, this has been quite an experience this past year. So how did you cope with the challenges of, of, of COVID and your yeah. team? So uh, it, it was really interesting. And I, I don't know how I would have reacted had I not gone through all the work that I'd gone through over the last five years with Student Works, with the Landmark Forum and, and their whole curriculum there. So you know, it's really interesting to kind of look back at how all of those pieces had put me in a place where I felt really ready to go out and to attack that challenge. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, like what I'm really looking for is how is something happening for me instead of it happening to me, right? Like, and, right. and definitely I have to catch myself every once in a while when it first started happening, I was going, you know, we've worked so hard to get to this point and there's been so much work that's gone in. Like, how can this happen to me? And I caught myself in that train of thought and just kind of transitioned it into, let's look at how this is happening for me. So what we've been able to do and, and really like the amount of training that I, the extra amount of training that I likely wouldn't have gone to be able to do with my team 
like I just really tried to dig in as much as possible and look for opportunities to grow because in times like these, there's so many businesses that are, you know, kind of getting smaller. Right. And so I wanted to look for how can we get bigger? How can we invest more into our marketing, invest more into our people to have them have an even bigger separation when we come out of this pandemic? Because it's, it's a pretty challenging time. So I definitely found myself having a lot more conversations with my team, over communicating everything to them, like trying to have as many conversations. Hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, any, what's the biggest stress for you right now? How can we kind of handle that? And, uh, and yeah, just really digging in with the team. So I tried to look for how is all of this stuff happening for me? And obviously devastated by what's going on. And at the same time, like there's always a silver lining. There's always something that's positive that's coming out of it. Uh, and that that's really what I tried to focus on as we were going throughout those pretty crazy months and, and into now. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, it's one of those things I think quite commonly, you know, there's most companies when there's tumult in the market, mm-hmm. you know, uh, black swan type events, they cut marketing, they cut training and we yeah. doubled down. And I know you especially doubled down, you know, uh, John's, John's done a lot of creative stuff on our marketing side was one of the real leaders and some of those team members as well, real leaders and, in really aggressively taking Facebook marketing and making it a huge, huge part of our, our company success this summer. And it will move on moving forward. And then also lots and lots of zoom training, group training, and, uh, that was something as well that, that, that you really, really built into your program in a big way. Uh, and really, you know, th- that's again, counter going against the grain and it's great when we go against the grain, that's the right yeah. move. A lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you know? and, and it's super cool to see how all of those things that came out of this pandemic that were positive are going to carry into next season as well. So continuing to do those weekly team meetings and, and really digging in with the team, just training, training, training as much as we possibly can, mm-hmm. you know, I, there's always a way to look at how things are happening for you. And, and that's really where I tried to focus my mindset around because, you know, it, it's really easy to get caught up in everything that's wrong, but I prefer to focus on what's going right. Yeah, no. And, and again, it's one thing, you know, I, I always say you don't want to be average. You know, we, we, we don't want to be average. We, we want to go against where everyone else is going because that's what it means to be really successful. So, you know, not, not being afraid of that and, and, and going in a different direction. And, you know, when I talk to, you know, friends who are running successful businesses and having their businesses are being impacted, you know, but there's been so many good things. This is a common trend that, again, the successful businesses are doing. They're pivoting. They're, you know, one of my, one of my friends, a very successful chiropractor, he's actually building indoor gyms and he's saying, I can't mm. keep them in stock, you know, and he's got teams of people building them for him. And again, that's that, what a great pivot, you know, and because yeah. this is, this thing is not going away anytime soon. And, uh, you know, people want to stay fit. So really, really neat thing I, I, I just heard about. Love that. So John, if, if you looked at your habits, what habits would uh, you know, these young leaders uh, listening want to steal from you? So I think the habit of growth would probably be the number one thing, because that's really where I've tried to spend as much of my time focused around is just trying to get that 1% better, really. So whether that's growth in my schooling or growth in my business or in my relationships, like I'm just always trying to get that little bit better. And that habit of growth and that growth mindset, I think, has really helped me kind of get to where I am today because it's like 
we all start at different spaces, right? And and so from where we are, it's really cool to look at like how much further can we go? And I'm always trying to have conversations like at our retreat with so many of the other amazing leaders in our organization. You know, what are you doing differently? And and how can I, you know, take some of your habits and apply them mm. to my life? And right. and really just being super growth oriented is probably like the number one habit that I have that you know, I just encourage people to take on for themselves is don't be, it's like being happy, but never satisfied, right? Just really continuing to try to get that little bit better in every day. It just, again, that compound interest, it's going to continue to grow and grow on itself to one day where hopefully you end up where you want it to be. Fantastic. Fantastic. And so last question, John, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? Yeah. So I think a leader of tomorrow is kind of a master of all mindsets. So someone who deeply understands and, and loves people for who they are and who they want to become in their lives and is, is really, really committed to having that happen. You know, I, I think like being able to have the emotional intelligence to dissect problems that are happening on the surface level in their business, but, you know, kind of like with their people and then kind of digging in on that and showing them new frameworks for thinking, new mindsets and and really just caring about their people at a, at a really intimate level, wanting them to win in their lives inside and outside of the organization, you know, having the, the ability to really empower people to see their own potential and to take action on it. Even if that means leaving the organization to go do something that they're passionate about, you know, like I just really believe in just giving everybody every piece of training, everything that you possibly have in you. And ultimately that's going to be really attractive to a lot of people because they're so clear that you care so much about them. You're so focused on their personal growth uh, above everything else. So I think a, a leader of tomorrow is really somebody who cares so deeply about their team that they just want to see their team win. And they're willing to go deep into things that aren't related to the business, but ultimately we know they, they're still going to show up. That's awesome. That's awesome, John. And, and you know, we could replace team with customer, you know, as exactly. well. And, you know, it's like, leaders, their, their customer, whoever they're serving, that's who they are just all about. And they just want to overperform and deliver massively. And because, you know, profit follows value. So, you know, it's just impossible in this world not to deliver a whole bunch of value and not have profit come back, not have rewards come back. And, and so I was re-listening to Simple Tax, one of our, one of our former operators early on last year, his, his, his podcast, uh, the other day, which is great, Jonathan Suter. And he, he basically, they give their their software for free and basically pay what you want. <laughs> and most people, you know, a whole bunch of people don't pay anything, but a whole bunch of people do. And that totally works. Their model really, really works. And it's like, wow, like just think about that model. I'm, I'm just so about my customer. We're just delivering such an amazing product and his, his, his business, you know, like a few months ago, just before the, uh, the, the crisis sold. So great timing as well. So, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, well, his business was going to keep growing. There's n- n- yeah. death in taxes, John, right? Death in <laughs> yeah. taxes. So there's no <laughs> problem, no problem about that business. <laughs> yeah. But John, thanks so much for coming and, uh, and just sharing on the leaders of tomorrow podcast. I really loved our talk and, uh, continued success in our program. Uh, you know, just amazing how far you've come. And I know you've got a lot. Lot, lot more growth on the way. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Chris. <laughs> uh, cheers. You bet. Okay. Have, have a great one. You too. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, 
you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.